Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. In my lifetime, I've learned... Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Hey yo wrestling fans, welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host here with you, and of course I am joined by, as always, my brother Aaron. Hello everyone. And our good friend Mr. Archie Mitchell. Survey says, one more for the bad guys. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's show, we are going to discuss the, we were going to do WrestleMania 18 this week, but we'll push that off till next week and... We are going to discuss the career of a guy that we are all a huge fan of, who we lost last Monday, um, the one and only Scott Hall. We are going to discuss his career here a little bit, hit some high points, and and uh, talk about the career of, of probably one of the best of, of, I guess you'd say, our generation of pro oh, wrestlers. Yeah. Um, but first, before we do that, we will discuss this. If you are not a member of our Facebook group, please do join the We Can't Wrestle podcast Facebook group. Get in there, enjoy, have some fun, talk some wrestling, look at some silly memes, maybe once in a while win something free. But regardless, join us in the We Can't Wrestle podcast Facebook group. And also I have started a Twitter for the WrestleNet Radio podcast network. It is at WrestleNet Radio. Please follow us there. And also right now... um. I know we haven't talked about it in a while, but there's something going down in World Championship Customs as Custom Mania is going on right now, Archie. Custom Mania started today. 
We have uh, five customizers from the United States and five from international uh, countries such as the UK, Australia, uh, Germany. Uh, a lot of great work went on uh, the last five weeks, everybody that turned in their submissions. And right now is uh, an elite Charlotte Flair um, as a uh, from WrestleMania 35, you know, as an inspiration from her costume then, taking on WrestleMania 9's Bobby the Brain Heenan on a camel. Yes, backwards on a camel. The customizer actually went all out and built a camel from the ground up <laughs> and then made a Roddy, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan in a toga. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Built a camel. God bless him. <laughs> yeah, he's, tell, he's telling me what he's doing. He's like, I'm like, how did you build a camel? I'm like, they sell camels, home goods, and things like. Like, do you think we have home goods here? I'm like, okay, you're right about that. I'm like, but how did you build a camel? He's like, I took a stuffed animal, I killed it, and then I turned it inside out, and then I started putting fur on it, and then next thing you know, I had a camel. I'm like, okay. Like and how long did that take you? He's like, oh, about a week and a half. I'm like, that's wow. a fantastic. That's a fantastic story, though. Right? I, I killed it and turned it inside out. Started putting fur on it. Right? <laughs> I love how it. some homicidal maniac started. I turned. Yes. It, I killed it. <laughs> I turned the skin inside out. And I began wearing it. <laughs> Would you customize me? I'd customize me. <laughs> <laughs> and also, one last thing: put the Macho Man in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> That works there in perfect. <laughs> Once again, uh, last thing here. Check out all the other shows, of course, on the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network, including <laughs> Reliving the Extreme, If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking, and, of course, The Year That Was, dot, 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 with Aaron Maxson and A Slice of Time. All of those are available everywhere you can find your favorite wrestling podcasts. And unless you guys have anything else, I think we'll... Get into it here, talking about Mr. Scott Hall. If anybody has a complaint that I'm on too many of these podcasts, it's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault you have to hear my voice on every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott Hall, in brief, um, apparently there was a complication with a blood clot after a hip surgery that he had, and uh, everybody knows the story. We don't have to trudge it over and over and over again, but a few heart attacks and then um and then he passed a couple of days later the from what i have heard in the aftermath it sounds like he had a rough couple of years since covid yep. started um yep. battling his demons kind of in isolation and you know it's really i don't i don't mean to be like i don't know start on a down note or whatever but it's just as i'm reading that it's it's sad to me to see a guy that at one time when I was watching him when I was so, when I was younger seemed so full of life, you know, and and like we talked right. about on Aaron's show, seemed like like the smartest guy in the room most of the time, you know, and so sharp and so witty and so talented. And just to hear that to hear that it ended the way it ended, it's really sad, you know. Very much so. Very much so. I mean, uh, there was reports that Sean Waltman called him a couple of weeks before the fall and said, "Why don't you come stay with me?" And we'll, you know, we'll go, go work out. We'll, you know, enjoy the beach and everything like that. And he's like, no, nah, mm-hmm. I'm good. You know, so it, it's good to see that his brothers, Kevin Nash, got hold of Diamond Alice Page and Sean Waltman were checking on him. But it just seems like COVID got to him so badly that he was afraid to leave his own house. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he was on shaky legs wherever he would go. Yeah. 
and you know, as much as your as much as your friends want to be there for you, uh, people have lives too, you know, and right. and you know, families and things they have to do in their own life. So I'm sure that anyway, you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah. But the career of Scott Hall. Now that is what we're here to talk about: the life and career of this guy. Who, like I said. Um, one of my favorites from, like I, I always say, our generation, I guess, of, of wrestling Definitely. fans, mainly 90s wrestling fans. And um, like I said on Aaron's show a couple of days ago, people have lists, best wrestlers, best technical wrestler, best heel, best whatever. Scott Hall was the coolest wrestler, man. He was the coolest wrestler. That's that's what, the way I would describe him. Mm. He, he always said he oozed machismo when he was Razor Ramon, but he oozed cool. Yes. You know what I mean? Who didn't want to be Scott Hall? Who didn't want to pull a toothpick out of their mouth and throw it at somebody? Who didn't want to smack somebody upside the head while they had their legs in a vice? You know? As as handsome as 10 movie stars. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he was, uh, as a kid, I said this on Aaron's show, I said it on my show. I remember him as the Diamond Stud, you know, this big monstrous guy with Diamond Dallas Page. And then he disappeared for a little bit, and then the vignettes started. And I went, oh, that's Diamond Stud! And he came out as Razor Ramon, and I just went, wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the the colors of his outfits, the the gold chains, the the attitude. And I'll be honest with you, I loved him as a heel, but I preferred him. I loved him as a face, but I preferred him as a heel. Because yeah. the attitude came out more as a, as a heel. Yeah, well, I definitely want to cover that as we go along. Um, I didn't know this, and Aaron, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I found it out while listening to Cornette's podcast this past week. Um, the one they had recorded at that time, Scott Hall hadn't passed yet. They were talking about him being on life support. But um, I knew that Scott started in Florida. What I didn't know was that he, um, that Dusty Rhodes actually pegged him and Dan Spivey to be like when he put them together as Starship Eagle and Starship Coyote. Coyote, yep. He actually was pegging them to be like the next answer to I get not to the Road Warriors, but the next big tag team. That was Dusty's vision for those guys. That they were going to be the next big tag team to come along like the Road Warriors or the Midnight Express. Yeah, and even um I think when he left Florida he even took him with him to uh Crockett. Yeah. Yeah, I think they. I don't know if they ever even went on TV, but I know they worked for. I know they were getting a paycheck from the Crockett's because of Dusty, and I think they were working like for the minor league baseball stadium or whatever the Crockett's owned. But I know we're probably jumping ahead, but yeah, it well, always. Not. I don't know that I ever saw Scott, and because I've watched, I've watched Mid Atlantic and Crockett quite a few times. I don't know that I ever saw Scott on there as Starship Coyote. It was, right. or maybe he was, maybe there was like a match, but it's funny because he left and Spivey stuck around and then it would be like American Starship Eagle and Angelo Mosca Jr. teaming right. up. Like he's still, he's still called American Starship Eagle and he's teaming up with not Coyote because Scott Hall had, had, had jetted at that point to go, I think to the AWA, you know, he, yeah. Winds up there, and um, the Magnum with, with the uh, the Magnum PI look, you know, with the mustache right. and the hairy chest, and um, 
kind of their answer to Magnum TA, really. Almost, yeah. You got a little bit of a of a of a Magnum TA feel from him, right? Aaron, have you seen much of that and much of him in the AWA? I've seen what's available. I mean, I didn't. I'm not a huge AWA fan anyway, so I don't go out of my way to watch it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I find it that's like out of all the wrestling companies that have ever existed, except for now, the AWA is the one where I'm just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kind I'm of the same it. way. This shit is boring. <laughs> you get boring. like we've talked like we've talked about in the past. You might get a match. Like, damn, Kurt Henning and Nick Bockwinkle. Damn, that was great. But the undercard underneath of it with right. featuring Buck Zumhoff and Yeah. I don't wanna watch Buck I don't wanna watch Buck Zumhoff and that was milk toast millman or whatever roll around. I don't wanna watch that. <laughs> <laughs> the uh I know um some of the stuff some of the very few things that I've seen personally um, with Scott Hall from the AWA, obviously his his tag team with Kurt Henning, which is where they formed their friendship. Um, and he he gives Scott Hall gave all the credit in the world to Kurt Henning for you know as much as as much as Dusty broke him in, you know Kurt was his mentor. Kurt taught him about the business. And you know I find it really uh, pleasing that you could see from his his entire career. Whoever Scott did business with or took a liking to also took a liking to him that they all came back to him at the ending of his career in WCW, if you think about it, because Mm -hmm. you mentioned Dusty and then Dusty began managing him in the NWO. You mentioned Kurt and he and Kurt were in the NWO with each other, you know, with each other as well. You know what I mean? It just seems like Scott didn't leave a bad taste in anybody's mouth. It's not like he did business with them. They were like, "Ah, I don't think I can work with this guy ever again. Right. They always wanted to do something with him again in the future. And that's a great, you know, great thing to have in this business when you consider everybody else that they've talked about. Well, we worked with, uh, oh, you know, Rick Rude, and he was great and all, but he just came off as an asshole. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that about Rick Rude. I'm just using him as a, you know, as an example. example. Yeah. So, I mean, the only guy that, the only people that, that, that Hall would, like how you were saying, like everybody thought he was a good guy or whatever, and he and everything I could tell he was, except for like obviously he had his problems or whatever. But <clears throat> a lot of Scott's problems, I think, you never hear about him like maliciously hurting anybody with his problems. It's usually, right. his but the only person that could be like, man, that guy was kind of an asshole, or like the promoters. You know what I mean? Like he's like, fuck that. Right. But these are my guys. You know what I mean? Like these yeah. are these are my boys. Type of thing, yeah. And they, they, um, the even when you hear people tell stories about the click, not many people say, "Yeah, Scott Hall fucked me" or whatever. I mean, they talk about the fact that they were they were assholes and played tricks on people and everything, but it wasn't like he had that reputation like Sean did or a little bit like Kevin Nash did, where he's not gonna um, put you over, right? right. Yeah. That- yeah. Unless unless you're an asshole, like if right. you're an asshole, <laughs> like that's how I think. Of, that's what I think of with Scott Hall. I think he, like I said, I'm not where I've never met him, nowhere near the business or whatever. But he seemed to me like Kevin Nash. I think fucked with everybody. Sean fucked with everybody. I think Scott Hall would just fuck with people that were being assholes. 
Mm-hmm. Like, like if you're not being a prick, if you're just doing your thing, he's fine with you. But it always seemed to me that anytime he had a beef with somebody or was fucking with them, was when they were being an ass. You know what right. I mean? Like the nasty boys, or yeah. or when he's talking like that shit I was talking about with Piper. Like when he's giving Piper shit because Piper won't put over the Macho Man. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's like I, the Macho Man. You won't put over the fucking Macho Man. What the <laughs> fuck? You know, or just any of that shit. Like, that's to me, just seems like that's the type of guy that he was. That if everybody was cool, he was cool. But the minute you fuck with him or somebody that he likes, right? right. All right. You're you're done, son. (laughs) The only person I ever heard talk um, badly about Scott, uh, having done business with him, uh, were just two people Tammy Cinch and Shane Douglas. Mm-hmm. And Tammy obviously was because of the shit she was doing with Sean and, you know, pissing off the rest of the clique and Shane Douglas, because when he was Dean Douglas there and he had to drop the title back to Razor after they just handed it to, to him five minutes earlier, you know, Shane says, oh, Scott used to like to make fun of me. He's like, I thought you ECW guys hit harder. And then the one night I hit him too hard, he ran back and told Vince, oh, he's potatoing me and he's trying to injure me. And I don't know if that, you know, if that's true or not. Maybe right. he's just Scott being Scott. You know what I mean? And in that defense, I'm a fan of Shane Douglas, but he bitches about everybody. Yeah, no, I am. Again, I'm a fan of Shane as well. But yeah, he he seems to have a beef with everybody in the business. Yeah. The reason his career isn't as successful as he wanted it to be was in no way, shape, or form anything to do with him. It was nope. every yes. single other person yep. in his entire that's ex- life. That's exactly what I was about to say. Shane Douglas, my biggest issue with him is this man takes no personal responsibility for anything. Nope. Nope. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm not saying that 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 he didn't get kind of fucked over by the click. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm also saying, you know, what did you do to endear yourself in the company? And I know the show isn't about Shane Douglas, right. but I'm just trying to no, right. beat home Aaron's point there. Yeah, Shane, Shane, like I said, no, no personal responsibility from this man whatsoever. Everything is somebody else's fault. <laughs> He's the well, greatest the, wrestler that ever walked the fucking planet. The most pathetic thing I ever saw, well, I shouldn't say most pathetic. One of the most pathetic things I ever saw was when he went to that Raw event and was sitting, like, in the middle. He wasn't even at the, like, top of the He was, like, in the middle. And he, like, was wearing a mask, and he took off his little mask and tried to get, like, an ECW chant thing going and Shane Douglas, and everybody was just kind of looking at him. <laughs> you ever see that? They're all just like, that's Shane Douglas? <laughs> Is that the manager of Target? <laughs> you know, the only person Damn, I Troy. Remember, I never, I know we said this is not a Shane Douglas show, and it's not. But the only person I think ever actually pissed Shane Douglas off the right way and actually has a gripe with is Ric Flair. Because Shane always talks about trying to get Rick to look at his matches and help him along when he was younger. So mm-hmm. Rick is the only one I will give Shane credit for that Flair probably did all he could to piss Shane off, but everybody else, Shane did something to rub them the wrong He's way. Also, Flair, Shane's also the only guy that Flair hasn't tried to reconcile with or anything. Even yeah. when they did like, at WCW, they got right back into it after they, the but, feud ended. Like, you know? Um, like, he had problems with Scott Hall, you know? Like, he, <laughs> but, but towards, how do I say it? Like, like wrestlers when they get old, they end up putting that shit, putting that shit away. You know what I mean? But I just recently saw a thing where there's so, somebody asked him about Shane Douglas, and he said that man accomplished nothing anywhere he ever went. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
He ended by saying, what is he doing now, managing a Costco? And <laughs> the, the guy who was doing the interview was like, what is that, what he does for a living now? And Rick's like, yeah, either Olive Garden or Costco. And I'm like, damn, Rick's pissed. <laughs> so, but see, that's the thing. You never hear that from the Scott Hall, on anybody to do that to Scott Hall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's always, he was loving, he was caring. If I needed something, he took care. You know, he would give it out of his own pocket. You know what I mean? He wasn't the type that you never heard anybody say Scott never had his own room. He would just always sleep in my room or he'd always use my rent the car. Right. He was like always he would go above and beyond to show everybody, whether you were the first match or the last match, some kind of, you know, charming side that you would become his friend. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what at least what I've seen in in past interviews and people, you know, praising Scott all it's for the better, not for the worse. He does a little thing um, after uh, – he has a little hiatus, and then he comes into – I don't know if you guys remember seeing any of this. In the Jim Hurd days of WCW in, like, 89, for, like, three weeks he comes in – three or four weeks he comes in as Gator Hall, like Scott Gator Hall. They got the videos of him – videos of him, like, scaring an alligator or whatever, whatever. And then I think he was in on one TV thing, like a Battle Royal or something, and then he was gone – but that was when they were trying to be, they were starting to try to, they were starting to try to do what Vince did, but didn't know how to do it. Right. And so they're, they're giving these guys silly cartoony characters. So for a few the weeks, he was dongs. Scott, Scott Gator Hall, precursor to Skinner, I guess. Right. You think, you wonder if Steve Curran saw that and was like, I'm going to use that down the road. <laughs> Difference between Scott Hall and Steve Kern is Steve Kern was actually an alligator wrestler. Right. He actually did it. Yeah. Scott Hall got there and was probably like, You want me to do what? Right. <laughs> what am I, what am I, can I, I just go to... back? Can't I just be Starship Coyote again? Wait a yeah. second. Talking about no gators. <laughs> Starship Gator Coyote. Kiss <laughs> my grits. I ain't fucking no gator. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about that the other day. Because I said something about being a, something being an apex predator. They didn't know what that was. And I said, well, apex predator is the thing that nothing else takes. You know what I mean? Like, the only thing that can kill an apex predator is another apex predator. Right. And and they were like, so what are some of them? And I was telling them. And I said, you know what the scariest goddamn thing on the earth is? Is a fucking alligator. Like a big, like one of them big motherfuckers. That is the scariest goddamn thing in the world. I agree. Like people go out in the swamps and shit. It's like, what are you doing? Sorry, <laughs> right, I know it's side subject, but but an alligator, like, like that's like the thing at the zoo. I won't look at because they're sitting there hissing and shit. It's like this thing is fucking. <laughs> this thing will eat my face off. I am not even fucking <laughs> with no gator. Well, then after a hiatus over to Japan and such, which I've never actually seen any of that. Um, no, mine, me neither. Scott comes back to WCW, and here we go. You start. He starts to pick up the steam at this point because we are introduced to the Diamond Stud, managed by Diamond Dallas Page. Of course, throughout the run, he teams with Vinny Vegas, which is Kevin Nash, and Scotty yep. Flamingo, which is Raven, at some Japan, point. Side, side note, sorry. Japan's where he became friends with Taker. They were okay. together. I've seen, and yeah, they, I've seen pictures of them there together. Yeah, Taker, yeah. Had a, Taker had a cool Japanese wrestling name. You remember what, what his was name it? was? 
It was Punisher Dice Morgan. I like that. Yeah. So he should have. I don't know why he didn't bring it over here, but that was. I don't know if maybe there's. I don't know if there's like a trademark thing on it or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? But yeah. That mm-hmm. was his. That was his Japanese name. Punisher. Punisher. Punisher Dice, Mo- Punisher Dice Morgan. What do we want to say about the run of Diamond Stud and WCW? I remember, I'll just get it out of the way first. I remember, so this is 91 slash 92, so I'm like eh, 12, 13 years old. Um, I remember enjoying Diamond Stud and Vinny Vegas for what they were. And right. I thought, I, I, I remember thinking, like, when he would be on a random Clash of the Champions or he'd be. A, t- a team member of somebody at Battle Bowl or whatever he was doing, or he's on WCW Saturday night, he stood out to me. And this is probably me as a fan back then. This is probably the first exposure I had to him, to be honest, right. um, that I can remember. And I just remember he popped off the screen. And, you know, maybe maybe the Diamond Mine thing was goofy or whatever, but to me at 13 it wasn't. I thought it was cool shit. I thought the Diamond Mine was cool, and it's also, other than his feud with Randy, like, okay, I shouldn't say other than his feud. It's the most I ever enjoyed Diamond Dallas Page. Like, I try to say that, like, I don't like Diamond Dallas Page as a wrestler, but I thought he was a good man. Like, the dude's a hype fucking machine, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he was great in that character as being that manager. And um, it's a prime example of... um. Jim Hurd being a fucking idiot and not knowing what he's doing. It's like you got this guy who looks like this and he's this talented and you're more worried about fucking Bill Kazmaier and fucking PN News. Really? These fucking schlubs and you got Scott Hall over here? You (laughs) don't see it? You know what I mean? Right. See, the thing I would have loved about his career more, I love it. Again, when I saw him as a diamond diamond stud, I was a fan. And like you mentioned, Vinny Vegas, definitely a fan. And they were great together. The three of them together, it was it was a, a well-oiled machine for a, a, a stable. But they weren't letting them beat anybody but Tom Zink and, and you know what I mean, John, yeah. uh, Johnny Gunn, you know what I mean, guys that mm-hmm. were. Look, Tom Zink was great when he was with Brian Pillman. But when that, if that's all you're like, Aaron mentioned PN News. I think that might have been the Diamond Studs' biggest feud was against PN News, and he lost. Yeah, you know, so they weren't letting. I'm not saying he should have beaten Sting. I'm not saying that he should have beat Lex Luger or Ric Flair right away. But what I am saying is he could have went to a feud with Johnny B. Bad for the TV title. He could have went against uh, um, the guy that ended up becoming Doink, but he was an. a tree Matt farmer, Bourne. yeah, Matt Bourne when he was uh, the, Big the Logger, Big Josh. There were many a few those. Guys. If you wanted to make them a tag team, hell, they could have went against anybody. So it mm-hmm. just never it puzzled me why weren't they at least getting the chance to be put over? You know when the, they were a great the, look. They had a great look. This is that time of WCW where people are talking about how it was really bad, but yeah. the, matches, the matches were better. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because like the the roster of WW of W, it's funny, it's funny if you watch this point of professional wrestling from like nineteen ninety to like nineteen ninety five. Okay, it's really funny because what's happened in like what what happened in ninety five? 
in the WWF? What was what? a major office change in the WWF in 1995? Oh, Jack, no more Jack Tunney, right? Ow. What? Well, Jim Ross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So all these people that Jim Ross had sat and watched for like two, three years as being like these super fucking talented guys and getting to know them and knowing like these are good citizens they're quality people for your locker room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He finally got power in WWF and started bringing them in. Right. And I know yeah. Scott came in a little bit before that, but I'm just using that as an example of it's like prime example of just knowing what you're doing with your talent and mm-hmm. WCW, if they would have known what the fuck they were doing at that yeah. point they had, they had they had half the fucking main roster of wwf from like 93 to like 97 on their right. fucking show and i don't know if you knew this or not. does that make sense what i'm saying yeah yeah well i missed opportunities i i remember in a shoot interview that i watched with scott and kevin and they were talking about Scott leaving WCW to go to the WWF in 92. And one of the straws that broke the camel's back for one of the reasons that he decided to leave, he would have stayed if they would have done what they were talking about, which was they were thinking about putting him in the Dangerous Alliance. How fucking cool would that have been to, for Damn. him to be in that in that, in that that group? Damn. You know, you got Scott Hall, Steve Austin, Bobby Eaton, uh, Paul E., all in the Rick same Rude. group. Rick Rude, Arn yeah, Anderson. They kicked out Zabisco anyway, so he would have been the perfect fill-in for Zabisco, and yeah. then maybe even been a great partner for Arn. You know, wow, that I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, what could have been? <laughs> but then he did decide ultimately to go to the World Wrestling Federation, and this is where, and, and, and I'm going I'm to ask the definitive question right now. Aaron asks this question sometimes on the show, and I'm going to ask it. I was going to ask it at the end, but let me just ask it now. So Scott goes to the WWF in 1992, and we will talk about Razor, obviously, but he is Razor Ramon until 1996. So for four years, is Scott Hall a WWF guy or a WCW guy? Wow. Wow. Can I because say both? He's a WWF guy. I don't know because he spent he, he, he spent from you said ninety two to ninety six in WWF. That's four years. Yes, four years and as then, Razor Ramon, and then and on then, and off again between ninety six and two thousand in WCW, and and before leaving, and and probably about two to three years before that too. Right. But like when you think of Scott, do you think of him as Scott Hall in WCW or do you think of him as Razor Ramon in the WWF? I'm more more think of him as Razor Ramon in WWF, but then, then the NWO happened. So I guess he's got to be a WCW guy because if the, if he doesn't go there and the NWO doesn't happen, who knows what he does in WWE, WWF. I don't think they put the title on him. For me, I think WWF. And the reason I say that is because in my mind, when I think about him, I think about him the most as in that four years as Razor Ramon in the WWF. Right. Me per, me personally. The reason I say WWF is for something that you just you said at the beginning of it. Um, you said he was in WWF for four years, okay? And then he was in WCW 
on and off again from 1996 to 2000. Right. Like the first year and a half of Scott Hall and WCW, he's consistent. He's there. Oh, and yeah. after that, the wheels kind of fall off of it because nobody's nobody's controlling him. Everybody's just letting him do what the fuck he wants to do. And he's hit and miss. Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. And he wasn't always on his best behavior, obviously. But mm-hmm. in the WWF, for four fucking years, no matter who was the... Like, when he turned face, I'm, it's my opinion that no matter who the champion was, he was always the second guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He was the most consistent thing in the WWF, in my opinion. His intercontinental tight Him being the intercontinental champion... And just whatever, like Razor was the most consistent thing, I think. And here's here's another funny story from a Scott Hall shoot interview. Speaking of Razor Ramon, and you guys, you guys probably have heard this. Maybe some of you haven't. Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson, neither one had seen Scarface. What? So all of the ideas that Scott was giving them. For the character of Scott of Razor Ramon, or you know, he didn't have a name, but he wanted to be a Scarface type character. They thought Scott was a fucking genius because he was coming up with all that this is stuff. terrible. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, funny? A fucking that genius because is... he realized they never saw it, and he didn't even <laughs> he didn't even fucking correct him. He probably wasn't even like, "Hey, it's a mo-. like." They were like, "You're a genius," and he's like, "It's just a movie." Like, he's that's why he's a genius. Why he's fucking so smart? <laughs> and he's probably like, "Yep." And Vincent. Vince and Pat Vince and Pat just wanted to call him Razor. And he said, let me come up with a let me come up with a last name. And I guess from what I understand, from what he said in the shoot interview, he asked Tito Santana, what should the last name be? And Tito said Tana said Ramon. So Razor Ramon. And so there's your there's your That'd formation. Be Tito. The other thing. That'd be Tito. It's the other thing. <laughs> let me let me walk away and come up with a with a name. Yeah. Hey, hey Tito. Tito. <laughs> <laughs> what a worker, man. What a fucking Ramon. worker. Yeah, it's great. Hey, well, how's Razor Ramon? <laughs> out of it, man. Tito's in the back of the road. Tito's in the back of the road. And I got to still be a matador? What the fuck? Guy's a fucking, fucking genius, Vince. He's a fucking genius. The smartest guy in the fucking room. <laughs> um. Well, he comes in under the Razor Ramon gimmick and is very quickly um, thrust into the main event scene in the WWF for lack. I mean, they had a lack of of, of heels, you know, at the end of 92. They kind of most of the heels they had were very cartoony, right. you know, so as good as Jacques Rougeau was or as good as as Barry Darso was, you're not going to see the Repo Man or the Mountie oh, no, right, in right. the main event. You know what I mean? So he comes along with this kind of harder edge gimmick that's really cool. And they just, they immediately, you know, with Machismo, they matched him up with Savage. And um, his first, his first WWF pay-per-view, he's in the tag team main event. Ric Flair and Razor Ramon against um, Randy. It was supposed to be Randy Savage and the Ultimate Warrior. Winds up being Mr. Perfect. And another part of this story one of those other behind-the-scenes things. Okay, this happened, so that's fate. It was supposed to be Bret Hart and Ultimate Warrior for the title at the Royal Rumble 1993. That was the working plan, because Warrior had come back. 
He did the he did the thing with Savage at SummerSlam, and et cetera, et cetera. And Warrior, of course. However, what is it? A couple weeks before the Survivor Series, fucks him again. <laughs> Mister Perfect's in the main event. Warrior's out of the main event for the Royal Rumble. So here he is once again thrust. So into the main event at the Royal Rumble, Razor Ramon and Bret Hart for the WWF title. My point, right. this guy came into the WWF and was automatically top guy. He didn't even have to work his way up the fucking... I mean, he was that good. They're like, this guy's that good. We have that much confidence in this kid. Yeah, this but guy, it wasn't just... Not kid. Even, even if they didn't, this was still at a time where Vince did listen to his fans, and the fans were blowing up for him, whether it was cheers or booze. The minute that music hits, hit, that screeching sound... And then as he mm-hmm. walked out with that attitude and that looking at the fans with that I'm better than you look, unlike MJF who has to say it, Razor Ramon just did it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. <laughs> it's not a knock at MJF. MJF is a great modern-day heel. But Ramon had something different about him that these fans looked at this guy and went, wow, he's six foot nine. He's got this attitude. But then he gets in the ring and he backs it up by beating the hell out of his and, opponent too. And of the psychology of the psychology of the guy, and he's I want you, I want you to think about this visually in your heads while I'm saying it. How good is psychology when this guy is walking, and Vince McMahon is saying the expression "oozing machismo," machismo. and, and as, as 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 he is as he's like. How does he do that with his body? How is he literally right. like ma- like he's the visualization of he's oozing machismo? You know what I mean? It's so fucking cool. It's <laughs> so cool. Fucking dude was so cool. But anyway, uh, Aaron, anything else there? Well, well, you're talking about that, and not to put over another podcast, but who gives a shit? I, if something's good, something's good, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And these guys aren't paying us, and they're not going to hear it. But um, <laughs> um. Crime and Sports, okay? Crime and Sports are my favorite podcast. That and Small Town Murder. Love it. <coughs> they do wrestler episodes on Crime and Sports. And they had one on Scott Hall. And they bring it up. And the the second, the, the co-host on there, Jimmy Westman, funny motherfucker. Funny motherfucker. <laughs> like, uh, uh, James, the, the host James, he's like, tonight we're talking about Scott Hall. And Jimmy Westman's like, what? Oh, my God. He's the greatest and so goddamn <laughs> handsome. <laughs> He's like, I'm a straight man with two children, but that is a goddamn handsome man. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> like, and I was thinking about it, and you're right. You're like, you're right. Like, <laughs> and and I think you can. It, I, I've always said this. If you can say a dude is ugly, you have to be able to admit if he's handsome. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. And you're not, that doesn't mean you want to make the beast with two backs with him. You're just like, that's a handsome (laughs) dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's part of the, like, that's something you need in wrestling. You need to be attractive enough that the chicks want to get with you. Right. But cool enough and badass enough that it doesn't piss their husbands off. Mm-hmm. They want to get with you. And that's how you become a baby. Like, like if you're a heel, that's what you want. You right. know what I mean? You want to be a good looking charismatic chicken shit. You know what I mean? But if you want to be a good over baby face at that time, at least you got to have it all. You know what I mean? I take Yes. And I, I take nothing away from, um, 
I take nothing away from the crowd at WrestleMania 9 because, you know, at WrestleMania 9, Razor wrestled Bob Backlund and the crowd turned on Bob, but that's Bob. Um, at that time, he was not what people wanted to see. Now, <laughs> a year later, when he turned fucking heel, he was amazing, but this isn't the Bob right. Backlund episode. <laughs> But what I want to say, like you guys show up, like none of us want you here. Yeah, boo! <laughs> right. He's, tra- he's <laughs> trying to, he's trying to be so nice, and you know. Yeah, job. he's not doing anything wrong. Like, <laughs> nobody wants you here. <laughs> but anyway, Archie said something earlier about this is back when they used to listen to the fans. That Manhattan Center Monday Night Raw crowd. Oh God! Turn, turned Razor Ramon babyface. Yep. Because even through the whole thing with the one, two, three kid, you know, he'd be like, "Hey, come out here! I'll give you this much money or whatever." And the the oh. Manhattan Center guys are like, "Yeah, kick out one, two, three kids' ass!" Even though the the the, the kid was the babyface in the story, the fans wanted Razor. He was actually kind right. of a piece of shit. Not not him. One, two, three kid. Yeah, he stole his money. He hits him with the moonsault and doesn't even try to pin him. He just hits him with the moonsault and steals the bag of money. (laughs) Well, that's one of my favorite. That is one of my favorite Scott Hall, Sean Waltman stories. I've heard them tell it multiple times. That during the match, Scott chokeslammed Waltman outside of the ring. And Sean legitimately hit the back of his head and got concussed. So when he got back in the ring, he's telling Scott, I'm out of it just... Pin me, and we'll go. We'll do the storyline something differently. Well, don't worry about it. So Scott did whatever he did. He told the ref what was going on, and he literally put Sean on the top rope. And don't just do the moonsault. I'll catch a kid, and then run away with the bag like we planned. So he did the moonsault. He actually he said for a concussed guy, motherfucker did a great moonsault that night. He hit him with the moonsault, grabbed the belt, and then he started slowly running away. And Scott had to in slow motion try to catch him, so it looked like a cartoon character. You know what I mean? Like trying to get up speed. And when he finally went to reach for Sean, he finally clicked back to reality and Sean took off. And I'm like, damn, you couldn't have planned that any better. You know what I mean? It still worked. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was his feud with Kid. And then obviously the million dollar man getting involved and telling him, now come work for me because you're a nobody. It helped. It, It all fell into place for Razor there. Yes, to be the perfect face after that, and I mean, look, he personified the Intercontinental Title. He did, and that's another that's another reason I say I think WWF guy is because <sighs> if you give me if if you tell me to name five people that I identify with that belt, he's going to be on that list. Oh yeah, you know, Razor, Mister Perfect, um, Jericho, Jericho. Honestly, iconically, like thinking about him with the belt, even the Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. But um, Razor would be on that list of people. I think when I think Intercontinental Champion, he definitely during during that era, during the quote unquote new generation era of the WWF, in between Rock and Wrestling and Attitude, he was the perennial Intercontinental Champion. Yes, um, yes, and he made it just as important as the World Title because there were times where the World Champion would go weeks or months without defending and Razor would be defending it once every couple of weeks or once or mm-hmm. once every week, you know? Oh yeah. So yeah. It'd special. be like, you'd be like, uh, you'd be watching 
WWE superstars, and they'd be like, next week, the Intercontinental Champion, Razor Ramon against Bastion Booker. Like, he defended right. against everybody. <laughs> right. Didn't matter who you were. <laughs> but, um, speaking of that, unless you had anything else on that little chunk we were talking about that, Darren. No, it's just kind of, it's kind of what I already kind of talked on it when I said <laughs> for four years, he was the 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 second guy consistently. So, I mean, that's why I kind of let you guys say your part on it. So then you got the two ladder matches. And here's the debate. Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 10 or SummerSlam 95, what's the better ladder match? What's yours, Archie? What's your favorite of the two? Here's where I'll I'll say I am with the debate, debate. The SummerSlam match was cleaner and more prepared for, but the first one at WrestleMania was iconic. So I go with the first one at WrestleMania. Aaron? As a match, <laughs> this is funny, because, like, from what I understand, at the, at the SummerSlam match, Vince said they couldn't really use the ladder very much as a weapon. About weapons, so as a match, it's a better match. But as a spectacle and and just what a ladder match to me is supposed to be, it's WrestleMania ten. I think I I'm in agreement. Uh, SummerSlam is a better match. The WrestleMania ten is more iconic, and it was a game changer. You know, and it it also elevated a byproduct of that not not being Scott Hall. It really elevated Sean. Right. Even a losing effort, it elevated Sean. Yes. And it introduced a match that we weren't used to seeing. And now you think about it, we see a ladder match once every three months. You know what I mean? Or every couple weeks sometimes because it's not above the WWE to do a ladder match on Raw and then do one on NXT. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But that was like the first time we're seeing it and everybody was like ooh and ahhing. Those guys killed themselves. Yeah. Because back then, the, the ring was harder. The ropes were tighter. That ladder was real. You know, nowadays, it's a wooden ladder spray-painted silver to make it look like a real metal ladder. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> they had a lot less going for them when it came to putting on the real the, the realness of it, and they, they made it look damn great. And also, <clears throat> Ric Flair, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and I know we're here to talk about Scott Hall. <laughs> I'm saying this because I'm putting over Scott Hall. Like, sometimes Flair says shit, and I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> like, I, one of the worst things I ever heard him say was at WrestleMania 10, Shawn Michaels had a match with the ladder. Yeah, that's bullshit. Like, no, no, he that didn't. That is definitely bullshit. He didn't. Scott Hall, held, Scott Hall held his own in that match. Oh, without a doubt. And it was a fantastic match because of everybody involved. And another match not to sleep on that he had in his WWF run. Um, his match with Diesel at SummerSlam 94 is one, yeah. of, my, is one of my favorite Kevin Nash matches. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I know we're probably going to touch on it in a little bit, but he's, he had good matches with Jeff. I know mm-hmm. he isn't a big Jeff Jarrett fan, but Razor and Jeff had good matches together. Um, just the, the SummerSlam or the the Royal Rumble '93 match. We're talking about that's one of my favorite Scott Hall matches. Um, like I've never watched a Scott Hall match where where he was 
totally invested in it where I was like, this is bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He he's, he's just didn't give a fuck or he's pissed at the guy. And then I'm like, well, that was at least funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was good at sandbagging people and making it fun. <laughs> Any other, before we get to the end of his run in the WWF, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, I will say this. As much as the Click and Scott Hall are um, put down for their politicking and whatever, Scott didn't really seem like the one that would, like, we, we mentioned it before. Scott didn't seem like the one that was always politicking. Because you look at his matches with David Boy Smith, Owen Hart, um, even Aldo Montoya before he became just incredible. And, you know, as we know him, he was the smaller, you know, in the in the outside of the click looking in. He made guys look good that he didn't have to make look good. Mm-hmm. But then he made guys who were awesome look even better. Even better. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it, his matches with Owen Hart, you look at him and you go, wow. You know what I mean? That was phenomenal. His matches were bred, were like a human chess match, the way they're supposed to be. Move mm-hmm. for move. Timing was perfect. And even if they got off kilter just a little bit, they were professional enough to slow down and get it right back into sync with each other. Yeah. His his time in the WWF, see, maybe you guys are right. He is a WWF guy because his time in the WWF was where he was perfecting his craft. When it got mm-hmm. to WCW, because of the creative control, because of the amount of money that he was being paid, because of him having a contract he couldn't be fired from really, he was allowed to do what he wanted, so he didn't give a, he didn't give as big of a shit anymore. He still wanted to be a wrestler, but he wasn't being as great as he was in the WWF. Right. So. The. But, oh, go ahead. No, it just it, it, it was a, a fantastic career that I think could have been capped off with one world title run. Just one. I said it on If You Smell What The Arch Is Cooking uh, that you just posted today. One world title run in WWF. And you can say, well, you were worried maybe because he was messed up with some drugs, you know, because all of them were doing somas and drinking and partying, and he was a drinker and a partier and a womanizer and whatever. Well, you had Shawn Michaels as your world heavyweight champion during the height of his drug career. Right. And I mean yeah. that when I said it. That was not a wrong speaking. No. <laughs> Shawn was, was, when Shawn was baked to the eyeballs, he was your world heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. and you didn't care. And you even let him do that whole, I lost my smile, my knees hurt, I can't wrestle, here's your belt back. <laughs> you let Kevin Nash hold the title for a year and the business was in the toilet. Why not give Razor a chance just to see well, yeah. how bad could it have gotten? Yeah, obviously he's yeah. over, you know. Right. Yeah. So, I agree. The end of his WWF run comes um, at the beginning of 1996. Uh, they put him in a, he's obviously, he feuds with the one, two, three kid, uh, but they put him into a feud over the intercontinental title with gold dust and Scott wasn't comfortable with yeah. the, the homoeroticism of the gold dust character. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't really want to be a part of that. And, Sometimes you wonder, because he was being difficult at the time, is that why they popped him with a drug test? Because they knew he'd fail it. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, right. 
that a way to work him out of that. And, you know, obviously they work gold dust into the deal with, uh, with Roddy going into WrestleMania 12, but up until what, three to four weeks before the pay-per-view, it's going to be razor Ramon and gold dust at WrestleMania. Right. And they pull the plug on it. And the, the look of disgust on Scott's face when Goldust opens up his robe and reveals the black teddy and the fishnet stockings. And you see Scott just look at the crowd like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. You know, like nobody <laughs> told him this guy's going to come out women's lingerie. Are you okay with that? They like surprised him with it. You know, and when he had Razor tattooed on his chest and he was rubbing up, a, mm-hmm. you could tell Scott was so uncomfortable. And, like, he probably went to Vince or somebody else backstage. He probably said something homophobic. Because, I mean, this was 93, 94, 95. 96. You know what I mean, though? This was at a time period where nobody really held back at, at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, he and Scott wasn't the most PG person anyway. So I'm sure he probably said, I'm not going with that guy. No, no. Yeah. Like you said, the only move was, well, let's see if Scott's uh, being a good boy or not. Which sucks. What do you think, Aaron? Well, you might be right. I mean, am I being a conspiracy theorist? <laughs> I'm just saying you might be right because I mean they did replace him with another cokehead. So they're like, <laughs> he may hey, be a cokehead, but he's our cokehead. Yeah, he's our cokehead. He's uh, he's on board. <laughs> and I'm not. And I'm not. Saying, yeah, I'm not knocking either one of them because <clears throat> I love them both. You know, two of my favorites ever, and I don't care if you do drugs. As long as you're not hurting kids or murdering right. people, I'm cool with it. You want to snort a bunch of cocaine? Go for it. <laughs> but to end his run with the World Wrestling snorting Federation. Snort, snorting cocaine is uh, we can't wrestle podcast approved behavior. <laughs> the The end of his WWF run comes. <laughs> at the, uh, he does the, you know, the tradition. He goes out on his back in a loss to Vader and in your house does Razor. And that is the end of Razor Ramon in the World Wrestling Federation and Kinda. as a gimmick. Hmm? Kind of. And kind of. Well, the curtain they had call. To leave their, they had to leave their mark one more time. Yes, the curtain. Yeah. Of course, the curtain call. And, and we glossed over one. Uh, before we get into it, we glossed over one other thing. Um, one of the biggest stars in the history of professional wrestling did the same thing for him that you were just talking about with Vader. And it was Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase was like, I'm going to have my last North American match with this guy. And I trust him. Mm -hmm. He's not going to fuck my neck up more than it already is. And Razor, Scott always says, there were guys that I would slam just to be slamming from right up, you know, I'd go as hard as possible. And then there were guys I would, I would baby to the canvas and slide them down. Ted DiBiase was one of them. Yeah. You know, he, he gently put him down. It still looked effective, but he didn't kill him on the way, on the, on the finishing of it. For those of you that, uh, well, I, I don't know that there's anybody listening to this show that doesn't know, but Scott Hall in the month of May of 1996 made wrestling history and he in that month it's it's insane to think of it now because we were watching it's just crazy we were watching it all happen every single week 
on our TVs, live and in person. Within a month, Scott Hall appears on Monday Nitro. You know who I am. You know. Yeah. (laughs) You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Within a month of that, Steve Austin says, Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. Think about the history. You know what I mean? Think about the wrestling history in that less than 30-day period that we lived through. But this show's about Scott. And is there... All that shit's going on, and I'm just drinking Pepsi and popping my 3D Doritos. (laughs) And and watching it all unfold. Watching it all happening, man. I'm wearing, like... My sweatshirt with Taz on it, and but right. like Looney Tunes, right. they're wearing like rapper clothes, right? <laughs> it's like after this, I think Doug is going to be on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Wonder what Patty Mayonnaise got yeah, on. What's Patty game. Mayonnaise and Skeeter up to? We'll find out. Find out after all. <laughs> no, that was that's that that that, that moment of Scott Hall. It's walking down the street, seeing me like. Step by step, day by day. <laughs> and, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron just described everybody's 96 in one. TGIF, motherfucker. Like, and you know what? I hope I hope later on tonight when nobody's looking, a Mariah Carey video comes on MTV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. But yeah. Iconic moments in pro wrestling. Scott Hall showing up. Scott Hall showing chills. up on Nitro. I still get chills. Bobby Heenan, what's he doing here? Getting here, Eric Bischoff yelling, get the camera off him. Like, like, and we believed it. Like, he wasn't supposed to be there. When yeah, I watched... Heard, you know, we heard they were leaving, but we didn't know why if they were really leaving or not. When I watch things chronologically, because I'm a nerd and I like to do mm-hmm. that, you always watch that Nitro... Before that nitro. Right. And then you're like, there are like, it, what, what am I trying to say? It is, it is insane how just like that within two weeks it is a completely different thing. The, you know, statement, the statement catching lightning in a bottle. They did it at that moment. Mm-hmm. From one, like you said, week, the week before, the standard Nitro. Hulk Hogan's flexing, Macho Man stepping into a slim chin, Sting's yeah. ruling, and then next week, oh shit, it's got all. And nothing like that could will ever happen again. <laughs> no. And no. I mean the main the main reason the main reason is uh, let, let me just let me let me just put it like this, okay? Think about this. For those of you that have only lived through the internet age. You're watching Monday Night Raw the week before WrestleMania. And I'm not saying that's how it's going to go down, but I'm just using this as an example. You're just watching a regular old Monday Night Raw. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you had no idea he was going to be there. Cody Rhodes from AEW shows up on Monday Night Raw. Right. That's why I'm saying nothing like this could ever happen again because we all know we all know weeks before it happens that it's going to happen. Wouldn't it be so much cooler if you didn't fucking know that Cody was going to be in the WWE? You know what I mean? Um, and that's to put it in perspective for people listening that don't know. That's how it was back then. I didn't know. I wasn't reading the sheets in '96. I didn't know Razor Ramon. It was like Razor Ramon's on Nitro. What? 
<laughs> right. And and when we watched it, we had our shock value. And then we all wanted to talk about it the next day with our friends at school. And, you know, you and Aaron probably talked about it. I called my brother at my grandparents' house. And, you know, we all talked about it. And then the following week, there was Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. You know? And then... Did you know that... Um... Bischoff was gonna have him come down the aisle, like he's talking, like they were in a production meeting, and they were going over everything. And Bischoff was like, "And then Scott, he'll come down the aisle, guys. Remember, we don't have a name for him yet." And Zabisco was like, "You fucking stupid!" <laughs> like not trying to be like, like, are we fucking stupid here? And it's like, and they're all like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "If he's supposed to be like an invading force, why is he coming out of our locker room?" Right. <laughs> Like, imagine how much different if Larry Zabisco would have just been like, whatever, all of these schmucks do whatever they want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what happened today? Today, he'd just come out to his music. Yeah, his music would hit. <laughs> I can't believe Scott Hall is here. And they just, <laughs> just, just say his name right away. and Oh. And they wouldn't even call him, like, they wouldn't even say, they'd, they'd say, oh, there's Scott Hall. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just whatever. So um, fucking everybody knows what the fuck's going on. It's like everybody now, we all think we know what's going on, but none of us really know what's going on. Anyway, go ahead. Well, maybe uh, maybe that means that Scott's words rang through. You know who I am. You don't know why I'm here. Those words can never be spoken again. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you do know why I'm here. Time. Because 15 websites just reported it like two right. weeks ago. So you do know why I'm here. Now, see, here's the thing. They're talking about like, it on that Jabroni We Can't Wrestle podcast. You know who I am? <laughs> you know who I am? And you Googled why I'm here. <laughs> see, now, if the WWE wanted to be funny, they should have Cody come out and do that. Let him come out through the crowd in that, in that jeans and jean vest and say it. You know who I am? You know exactly why I'm here. You know <laughs> why not? What's what's the worst that can happen? He gets booed. He's been being booed on AEW for the last year. I the um the of course we you know the at the Bash of the Beach the Outsiders team with Hulk Hogan. Everybody we've we've talked about that <laughs> on this show. We oh, didn't yeah. we did an entire episode on that pay per view. Um, the Outsiders, Hall and Nash, go through. They have feuds with the Steiners with the Faces of Fear. They're the tag team champions. The NWO is a dominant faction. Uh, we talk about how it get, got watered down, and it really did. But when you had that first, let me say this. When you had Hogan, Hall, Nash, DiBiase, Big Show, and Six, that was the perfect NWO. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but that's what I'd say. That was that was that was where it should have been. I agree. Um, I'm not saying no. you don't. Add, I'm not saying you couldn't add people later on because they were trying to be a faction that was taking over, quote unquote, and becoming the. the they wanted to phase WCW out and become the company, but they just it was it got to a point where anybody could be in the NWO, and that's not what we're talking about. But. Um, Throughout uh, any highlights of the WCW NWO run for Scott that you guys want to bring up? 
Um, we talked about it on Aaron's show before their match with the Steiner brothers. Well, the uh, where they videoed them making the Steiner brothers have that car wreck, <laughs> and, and they acted like it was perfectly normal. You know, like they just committed, you know, manslaughter yeah. supposedly. You know, the, the vignettes, the the black and one, they would do things in black and white, and the, you know, the the whole uh, Nick Patrick under a mask, and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash beating jobbers on Saturday night, but it's in black and white with nobody in the arena. You know what and, I mean? And here's the here's the question, and I bring my word up again, the word that I used earlier. You have Hulk Hogan, you have Kevin Nash, you have Six, you have the Big Show, or the Giant as he was back then. You have um, anybody else that's in the NWO, whoever you want to say. What's that? Fake Sting. (laughs) All right, so, and here's my word again. Who had one of the quote-unquote coolest factions in history? Who was the coolest? It was always Scott. Scott oh, was yeah. always the he was always the coolest. He was the one you wanted to hear talk the most. Like I want to hear yeah. Scott Hall talk. You know when they would do their everybody's in the ring gets to gets to cut their promo NWO segments. He was the one you wanted to hear talk the most. You know you yeah. wanted to you wanted to get to the hey <laughs> that's what you wanted, man. It was Scott. Scott was the coolest fucking guy. Are, it, are you here to see WCW? <laughs> <laughs> But and they can't see us. But like my thing, like I love when he would be like, "Are you here to see WCW?" Yeah, Or are you here to see the NWO? And then he'd hold it up or whatever. Actually, my favorite so nonchalant with the. My favorite was when he'd go, "Are you? Did everybody come to see WCW?" Yeah. He'd say like a hillbilly, like a corn pone. Depending on what kind of town they were in, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't... It's funny because when I... And that's again why I go back to he's WWF more for me than WCW. Is when I think of Scott in the WWF, I can think of moments and I can think of matches. Right. And when right. I think of him in the NWO, in, in WCW, I just think of him as the coolest guy on TV every week. I don't have a lot of stuff that sticks out in my mind as far as matches go, you know? Well, I mean... And I'm not uh, saying he didn't... I'm not saying they didn't have good matches. I'm just saying no, more, right. more Razor Ramon stuff sticks out in my head than I NWO agree. stuff. Moment-wise, uh, him, him cattle-prodding Goldberg to end the streak and giving Nash the title. But then the very next night, Nash giving up the belt to Hogan. And Hall was there, but not really in the forefront, so he was pretty much used. Um... Him and Ric Flair in a mental institution. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. got the gown on, but he still has the do-rag on. And he's probably trying to make a normal him, conversation with Ric Flair. Him and, Ke- him, and him and Kevin mocking Sid weekly. Oh, God. <laughs> you have half the brain that I do. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to put some, some Aaron logic on it. <laughs> Not very much Aaron logic a lot, but this is this is how I was just thinking when you said it. You know, like like we were like, there's not a lot of Scott Hall moments I think of in WCW. Mm-hmm. We're all WWF. Um, and I know this is not about this guy, but let's just I'm going to ask you this: Bret Hart is he in your top five? Bret Hart, yes. Okay. Yes. Do you have more Bret Hart memories? Or do you have more Heart Foundation memories? 
Bret Hart. Hog memories. Why is that? Because Bret was an individual when he right. was with Hart. When he was a tag team, he was with Nightheart. They were a tag team. That's why part of it, I think, in WCW is because it was a package deal with him and, the, and, and Kev. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Scott didn't have like a huge singles run or career in, w, in WCW. True. True. That makes sense. He was more of, yeah, he was more of a, of a unit. Yeah, and then he was packaged he wasn't, in. He wasn't, he wasn't a unit. He was part of a unit. Yeah, he was packaged in and he was in there and he's packaged in with the NWO and he just didn't have a lot of um, single stuff. Mm-hmm. Because by the time they tried it, and I know, like I said, I were talking about I don't, by the time they tried to do something singles with him, it was kind of off the rails a little bit. Yeah. Another thing. Yeah. Well, well he, he, he was off the rails a little bit. That's what I meant. <sighs> but again, there's my gripe with the whole never giving him a world title run. You let this guy come back. You trust him to win World War Three, and now he's got a guaranteed title shot. He faces Sting, and I, I'm sure you all remember the botched ending where it looked like he won. The referee actually hit the, the, the mat three times, but they decided to count the four, and then Sting wins. Okay, great. But again, if you trusted him to win one of the, your biggest pay-per-views, World War Three, why couldn't he get a world title run for a month? You were mm-hmm. hot shot in the title to everybody and anybody. At that, that point, that, that was that's that's WCW. Your politics and your, you know, a booking a booking committee without somebody at the top saying yes or no to everything. Um, too, too right many too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. <laughs> Archie, you brought that up and. Um, something I think they were going towards and they never did it. And I wish they would have like, I don't think it would have been like the greatest match in the world, but I would like to have seen it. Like when they were doing that, it was Scott kind of getting disenfranchised with the NWO. You know what I mean? Right. Cause Hogan was like, Oh, if we, if, if you have it, the NWO has it, but Hogan's character was thinking Scott's going to win the belt and then he's going to give it to me. I think, I think maybe whoever was, booking at that time was contemplating a Hogan Hall match at some point, but it never right. happened. I don't you know see, why. That more, never that seen Hall more Hogan. Sense. Yeah. You know, like said, now you never, were, they never yeah, pulled yeah. The on it for some reason. Well, later on, um, again, <clears throat> the iconic NWO later on as he goes through his career in WCW, Scott has uh, he's he's starting to battle his demons. Um, he's more inconsistent because it, he's in and out because of his problems, his addictions, and such. And um, you know, obviously, there's all kind of kooky, stupid, zany shit when Russo comes around. But really. The apex of the NWO from 96 to 98 is probably the highlights of Scott's WCW run. And does, do either one of you have anything else on that before we move on? Just the um, fact... Oh, go ahead, RG, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Just that I think... Um, I think Scott was... I don't want to say. I think he respected Vince. 
And that's why he didn't fuck off on TV or whatever. <laughs> like I said, he just got there. He got all this money, and I think they, I think they all liked Eric. That was the that was the problem. They like, liked Eric, but they didn't respect him. Yeah, it's like that's our buddy. You know, he ain't gonna say nothing. Mm-hmm. But with Vince, it's like, oh, I better not fuck off in this fucking place. This guy right. will fucking kill, like destroy me. You know what next, I mean? Next week I'll be losing to Bastion Booger. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. After WCW, is or is not one of the coolest entrances in wrestling history, Scott Hall coming out to Ready or Not in ECW (laughs) by the Fugees. That's like, what a cool-ass theme for him and him coming out in that environment. Um, It it doesn't get talked about a lot because he didn't, you know, he was, obviously he wasn't there very long. He just made a couple of appearances, but again... Fucking cool. There he is being fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Cool, I think, but I, I don't think he was ever like televised either. No, it, no, it was. I think it was. I think it was on on They uh, showed it. They showed it, but it wasn't uh, a part of like any of the TV shows. It was like a house show that they decided to show what was going on. But he was meant to be there a little longer. You know, it was like Eric called up to Paulie and said, Hey, could you take Scott for a little while? He's trying to rehab. And get back into you know ring gear, ring worthy status again, and yeah, you know Paulie was all like, yeah, no problem, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They were Shane's talent before, and then Shane Douglas is the one that screwed the pooch because the minute that Scott Hall walked into the dressing room, Shane Douglas thought, oh well, he had his click in the WWF, I got mine here. That's what I was gonna and say too. Him. Is there's yeah, a lot of know. guys that that um. Click fucked around with that we're now in ECW mm-hmm. and I was like, Ugh. man, man, big Shane. The triple threat alone didn't yeah. want Scott Hall in W in ECW. And I can you imagine know? Scott Hall, like I said, smart guy. I can imagine him probably being like, <laughs> a couple payoffs, Paul, but this shit ain't gonna work out. <laughs> yeah, no. He, he, apparently, Bam Bam walked up to Scott and said, "We don't want you here." And Scott said, "I don't want to be here." You know, to, to furthermore, this isn't my place. Mm-hmm. But like to Aaron, what Aaron said, yeah, he went to Poland. He said, yeah, we'll do this one or two times, but I ain't meant to be here. There's too many people here who are going to look to injure me, or or you know, take me out, and it ain't worth it. Why would it be worth it to him? You know, because I think the guy he worked was he worked uh, uh, credible, didn't he? Uh, credible, and I believe he had a match with Little Guido. Where um, Big Sally Graziano got involved, and he actually hit him with the outsider's edge, but off the top rope, he put Sally on the top rope and then pulled him down. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Like, like little Guido, he he don't know fucking little Guido. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Like, who's, who's, the guy, who's, 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 who's the guy on the roster we can work him with? All right, let's work him with the only friend he has here. Right. <laughs> right. Well, then they come. The NWO comes back to the WWF in two thousand and two, as the NWO Hogan Hall and Nash, and Hall gets the match match with Stone Cold at WrestleMania eighteen, um, which a lot of people thought it was going to be Hogan and Austin, but it wound up right. being Rock and Austin, and Scott Hall and Stone Cold, and um, that run not very long. Because of a uh, one of the one of the many plane rides from hell <laughs> in the WWF going over to England 
Um, anything on? Th- well, okay. The the biggest thing that stands out from that run isn't even anything Scott did. The biggest thing that stands out in that NWO run, that initial NWO run in the WWF, is uh, The Rock cutting the promo on all three of them when they came yep. in at No Way Out, you know? Yep. <laughs> Razor Ramon. Scott Hall. Razor Ramon. Ramon the bad Chico, guy. The bad guy. But overall, kind of underwhelming. and yeah. Diesel. <laughs> yeah. Overall, pretty underwhelming. Scott wasn't in a good place in his life at the time, anyway. Um, and then the next segment that will, the next part of his career that we'll talk about, and that'll kind of wrap it up, though, is something that I'm going to have to kind of um, pass off as far as details to Aaron and Archie or just Archie because anybody that knows me knows that I am not uh, an avid TNA guy. Me neither, oh, Ron. Um, so I good. didn't... It, well, it, it, TNA, I have, throughout the years, I've been so in and out with it right? that right. none of it none of it stands out to me and none of it really <laughs> resonates well, in, my, in my memory. So, Archie, if you have any memories of the Kings of Wrestling... In yeah, TNA, um, he he stepped into TNA in like the sixth uh, or seventh week uh, of its not, incarnation. It, not to cut you off, no, no. But the only thing I really remember that can like pop out in my head is him and Nash and Jarrett doing the thing in the Elvis. like where they were they're act, acting like Elvis. Yep, in the car. Well, that was his. That was his third time in the company, actually. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. He walked in during week six of the company's birth, and he started a feud with Jeff Jarrett, who was yet to become the NWA champion. If you you know title history with the NWA, with TNA NWA, it went Ken Shamrock, Ron Killings, and then Jeff Jarrett. Mm -hmm. So Jarrett becomes a champion. He's a heel. Him and Hall are feuding. Toby Keith got involved because Toby Keith did a concert earlier that night at the same fairgrounds, and Jarrett called him out saying he was a, you know, piss-ass singer, whatever. Toby Keith delivered a monstrous suplex to Jeff Jarrett during a, a match with Scott Hall. Um, a couple weeks later, Hall got injured and left. Comes back, um, I want to say a year later, when TNA moved to MSG for a one-hour show where they would do a point system. And he's supposed to team with Kevin Nash and Samoa Joe to take on Jeff Jarrett and um, America's Most Wanted. Hall no-showed the pay-per-view um, because it's Scott Hall, and at that time, that was what he was prone to doing. And, look, God bless Scott Hall, whatever his demons were, it's better he didn't come out and try to wrestle drunk or drugged out and hurt mm-hmm. somebody or himself. So Samoa Joe cut a monstrous uh, promo on him saying that this is what happens when you let old guys who have nothing left to bring to the business get paychecks instead of believing in your homegrown stars which led to heat with Kevin Nash, and supposedly Nash smacked Samoa Joe backstage for disrespecting him at Hall. And then the Kings of Wrestling thing started, uh, which it started as Kevin Nash was supposed to be facing Sting, and Sting said, I have a mystery partner. This is one of my favorite. This is the only moment I actually love about Scott Hall's TNA <laughs> career. So they all think it's going to be Scott Hall. He walks to the ring 
Nash is sitting in the ring in a suit with long gray hair. Hall's got his hair jet black, but he's wearing an overgrown uh, Canadian Stampede jersey and jeans. So Scott Hall grabs the mic and said, I guess I didn't get the memo about the dress code. And when did we agree to stop dyeing our hair? And Nash just starts starts busting out laughing. He can't even hold a straight face. That's fucking funny. (laughs) So Hall then opens up and he says, you know, big man, through the years of WWF and WCW, whenever I would get caught in the gutter or I would trip and fall, I'd look down at the end of the bar and there was Big Sexy. But the last five years, when I trip and fall and I end up in the gutter, there's no Big Sexy. What happened? And Dash goes into his, you know, promo about, well, I had to get my family straight. I had to fix my life and I'm sorry I couldn't do it for you either. They hugged. Hall says, I'm not Sting's partner, which he wasn't. It ended up being Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hall came in during that match and attacked Sting and Samoa Joe. Jeff Hardy, who was in the company, came out to save them, as did AJ Styles. Um, and then the Kings of Wrestling were born. It's Jeff Jarrett, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash dressed as Elvis Presley. For no reason, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> ironically, they used to have a... They used to have a tag team in TNA known as the Flying Elvises. So I guess they were paying homage to them. Um, and then Macho Man Randy Savage came back <laughs> in the midst of all of this. Well, and the thing I busted out laughing the most about, Nate, when Macho Man returned, his hair was jet black. And all I kept thinking about was what we're all saying. When did we stop dying? Yeah, hair? when we stopped dying. Like, I guess Randy didn't get the Pamela Weaver. <laughs> the hell I remember about that is Randy showed up and I was like, why is Randy dressed like Jeepers Creepers? Right. <laughs> he was all leather and a leather hat. And I was like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> and then they're like, Randy Savage is going to wrestle for TNA against the Kings of Wrestling with AJ Styles and, and Jeff, Jeff Hardy, right? Match happens. 20 minutes of the match go by. No Randy Savage. The last two minutes, Randy Savage walks out, gets on the top rope, delivers an elbow drop, pins hole, and walks out. Never to be seen in TNA again. (laughs) So. And then he came back when Hogan took the reins again with Waltman and and Nash to be the band. (laughs) And I gotta Mm -hmm. be honest with you. Again, I love Scott Hall. This is, I don't mean this as a put down, but I don't know who looked like they were in worse shape, Scott Hall or the Nasty Boys, because they all looked like they were in really bad shape. Yeah. So. Um, well, like I said, I mean, I, I just I can't I can't comment much on the on the uh, TNA run or runs because I just was never a a a huge follower of the company. Right. Um, Scott did wind up coming back into the WWE fold. Yeah. And. Rightfully so, was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, I believe, was it 2014 or 2013? I think 2014. Um, Either way, gave a great speech and was in a Hall of Fame that he belonged in. He's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer for the WWE. And so... 2014, then. 2014. Okay. Um, anything else, guys, that we want to discuss? Any moments that you think we missed or what have you from Scott's career before we wrap it up here? 
I don't think we missed anything, to be honest. You know, I will say that you can think of, Aaron. No, just um, (laughs) not really anything on on, that we missed on his career, but just uh, one of my favorite guys to just hear tell fucking stories, like watching videos of the guy talking, like shooting interviews or whatever. He's he's one of my faves because he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times, I watch these shoot interviews, and I'm like, "Nah, they're they're fucking working these guys, you know? They're fucking yeah. working, fucking Rob Feinstein and fucking fucking Muppet Head Hannibal. They're fucking <laughs> guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think Scott was just Scott, and he was just an honest dude, and would just say, "Yeah, I did that," or "Yeah, this guy was a fucking idiot at some point," you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I believe. I thoroughly believe, like I said, my favorite shoot thing ever was that fucking shit with Roddy Piper. And <laughs> and like I said, you'll hear like things where um like Bob Holly said he walked up to Kevin Nash and put a little X on his chin and was like, That's where I'm gonna hit ya. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I believe that Bob Holly probably walked into the room and said, I'm gonna f I wanna fucking drill you in the face, but I don't know if he walked right up to Kevin Nash and put like an X on his chin. You know what I mean? That was a little right. probably. But with Scott, I don't think there was a lot of embellishing on it. I think he was just an honest dude and just like I don't think Scott knew how to be how to be a liar or anything. And again, this I mean this is a compliment. He was drunk or high. That brings out your honesty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he couldn't hold anything bad. <laughs> you know. Well, thank you guys I, for uh oh, I go ahead, say Richard. this though, Nate. His line at his ending line at the Hall of Fame. The day passed, I listened to it, and I put it as the opening of my show last night. Uh, if you smell what the art is cooking, and every time I've heard it since he's passed, it's gotten me to tears because that might have been one of the best finishing finishers to a career. Yes. Bad guys don't. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. And I tell you, I tell you. I have a couple of little things here before um, before we sign off. Firstly, and I, I told the guys this, but those of you that listen to the show will think this is funny. You know, my wife, Kendall, hosts our trivia episodes yep. whenever we do one of those. And the day that Scott, or the night that Scott passed, um, we were, you know, watching TV or whatever, and I'm on the social medias, keep trying to keep up with the story and see what's going on. And then the news came through that he had passed away. And I told my, <laughs> I told my wife, I said, "Oh damn it, Scott Hall passed," and she said, "Who?" <laughs> and I said, "Razor Ramen," and she goes, "Oh, that's sad." <laughs> and so it had to be Razor Ramen for who to, her to know who I was talking about. But um, and then the other thing, like Archie mentioned, the day that the, the night that Scott passed, when I was reading all the stuff, all the uh, stories and everything, like you know, we all get into, uh, especially if you're a podcast host or hosts or what are, you know, cause we know we're going to have to talk about it on a show. Yep. You kind of go into analyzing mode when news comes out. Okay. How do I present this as a, as a broadcaster right. and et cetera, et cetera. So that was kind of what I was doing. And then later in the night, uh, cause I don't watch raw live. I, 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 I'd run into fucking traffic, but, um, Later in the night, I, I, I got on YouTube and I, I saw the video that WWE had posted on Raw. Um, and to your to what you were saying, Archie, 
when it got to the end. I mean, the the video I was watching it, it was like, this is really cool. This is an awesome tribute. Mm-hmm. And it got to the end, and it got to the the end of his his Hall of Fame fame speech. And for the first time since Bobby Heenan, honest to God, for the first time since yep. Bobby Heenan, I lost it a little. I cried, and um, that's a testament. As us as fans, right? That means that that man did his job. He 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 was good enough to 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 hone a personal connection with us. Um, I never met Scott Hall, but I cried when he died. And and there's something to be said for that, for a performer to connect with your audience like that. I agree. I, I met Scott during one of the virtuals that the Asylum did when they brought him, uh, the same way I met Kevin. I, um, yeah, I, I have my uh, I have my auto my autograph from him from that virtual, but I wasn't yep. able to, I was working that night. So I wasn't able to actually come on and talk to him. And I regret that now, <laughs> but I do right, have, I do, right. I do have the autograph, but. But all I could say is he is, he is great with his fans. You know, he's not someone who's just looking for the, the, the money. You know, you hear him and Kevin Ash always talk about it in the shoot interviews. We went to WCW for the money. We didn't care what they were telling us to do. You know, we went there because it was a bigger paycheck. and That's fine and well. But when he was meeting fans at, at um, meet and greets during the virtual, you know, he would do those, those you know, at card shops and things. And I'd see videos of him. He wasn't looking to shoo anybody away after he got their money. He wasn't looking to just sign an X on a ball and say, go away and, you know, be happy. You know, he wanted to hear about their experiences that they had with him through wrestling. Because mm-hmm. it made him feel good that he touched so many people. And I think that happens to a lot of wrestlers. Yeah. As they get older, they, since they're not, uh, what's the word? They're not trying for the hustle anymore. You know, they're right. not trying to, right. you know, it's it's not about getting from town to town. It's not about getting the next big contract. It's not about, and obviously we all, we all work. So we all, we don't work, you know, we work to make money and that's what those guys do for a living. So I don't, I don't right. ever begrudge a wrestler for making more money. Oh no, not But at all. then when, once the career's over, once you're not in the ring anymore, once you're not on the road and the hustle's not there anymore, I think with a lot of them, they become reflective. You know, man, I I just want to talk to the people now. I didn't get to talk to the people the whole time. You know what I mean? Like you're on the run right. and you're on the road and it's so fast. And I think they come down from that. I mean, a prime example, and, and, and we will wrap up. This show always gets wordy. But a prime example for that for me, two of them are, are Bill Eadie and Bob Backlund. You know, yes. like Aaron saw it. Bob Backlund wouldn't let me leave. I was trying to let the man get back to his day. Right. And Bob Backlund was like, no, come here. I want to talk to you. Tell me about you. Tell me about your fandom. Tell me, you know, tell me a story. And right. that probably is the case with Scott. You know, like you said, he was he's got he got to the point where maybe he, you know, oh, man, I haven't been in touch with these people, you know. Right. Aaron, any parting words about Scott? Uh, just um, not saying it because he died, because I know sometimes people do that, but he, he was always one of my favorites. Um, dude fucking cracked me up. Like, he, he was just suck. He was so goddamn funny and <laughs> and um, subtly funny. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, and and I just think that and this might be a bold statement because of the dudes that he was with, but I think he was the, I think he was the, the fucking best one out of his group. Like at all his, been, I, I, I think he was, he was the best all around 
talent of all his boys. Mm-hmm. And and I'm even saying that. And I know Sean was in it. You know what I mean? But I, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd even put him over Sean because I, I never really saw Scott being like, like once the bell rang, I never saw Scott being selfish. Or mm-hmm. Right. A, like, I agree. In the ring. Sean was a piece of shit in the ring. Like on yeah. fucking pay-per-views. He was being an yeah. asshole. Oh yeah. In the click in the click, the best true workers were definitely Scott Hall and Sean Waltman. <laughs> yeah. Oh and, yeah. Um, one thing we didn't talk about, and it's not a big deal, but like an example is um he was gonna fight Jericho on a nitro, and Bischoff wanted him to get um disqualified or whatever and he was like why doesn't Chris just beat me he's like I've he's right. like I think it was like in Tacoma or something like that you know he's like I've been here I've been here a hundred times these people know me you know I'm on TV all the time they fucking know me why why if I'm gonna lose like just let the kid beat me like like let me slip on a banana peel or whatever just let the kid beat me and Bischoff was like no we're not doing that and then he went out there and Jericho was like he said, "I want to put you up in the like outsider's edge or whatever, and then you you, you get out of it and backslide me and pin me." <laughs> and Jericho's like, "We're not supposed to do that." And he's like, "It's live. <laughs> what are they gonna do? What are they <laughs> gonna do? They can't change it. <laughs> they can't change it." And then and, and basically was like, "If if if there's any heat, just tell him I said to do it. It was my right. idea." Mm-hmm. What are they going to do to me? Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know. So, so that's why I'm saying, like, I'd put him above anybody else in the clique because fucking Shawn Michaels ain't going to do that. Nash ain't going to do that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's the the testament to the guy because I don't think he was ever. I, I think he had his problems, but they were his problems, and I don't think he ever did anything. He just wasn't selfish, and that's something that's important to me. There's people that aren't selfish, and he wasn't selfish. Well, Aaron, Archie, thank you for joining me. And listeners, thank you for joining us in talking in memoriam of Scott Hall. And, of course, to the bad guy, Razor Ramon, Starship Coyote, Gator, and just the one and only Scott Hall. We say rest in peace. Thank you for joining us, everybody.